Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to episode 68 of the Psychic Matters podcast. I wonder if I could ask you all a favour. Do you think you could go to this website www.podcastawards.com www.podcastawards.com If you could go there now and vote for Psychic Matters in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, I would be so grateful to you. It's in the spirit of these particular podcast awards that we ask and work with our audiences to ask for your votes. So if you really love Psychic Matters, you love the episodes that have come out so far, you love the advice that you're getting from the experts that I've interviewed worldwide, if you love the uh, teaching from me that's on there as well, or just love something about Psychic Matters, please, please, please do consider voting for me in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. How do you do that? Go to the website podcastawards.com and you will see that I'm listed in three categories. And so I would ask you to vote in all three of those categories. So I'm listed under Religion and Spirituality, Best Female Hosted Podcast. Yay, wouldn't it be great to win that one? And the Adam Curry People's Choice Award. So if you go to the website and then look up those three categories, Religion and Spirituality, Best Female Hosted Podcast, the Adam Curry People's Choice Award, you will see that when you go to that website, there is a blue bar across the top. It says nominations are open and then you can see a blue bar. So click on the blue button because that is where you will find this year's voting. Listed on the front page when you go to the People's Choice Podcast Awards, you'll see all the different categories. That's last year's results. Last year, I was absolutely thrilled because so many of you voted. It meant that I was nominated in the final 10, which is just absolutely fabulous. So how it works is you guys vote and then what will happen is they will reduce down in the spirituality category to the top 10 podcasts, depending on how many votes they get. So last year, I was lucky enough to be in that top 10 final slate, which was really, really exciting. And then those podcasts are listened to by a panel of judges. And then the winners are announced on September 30. So please do go vote for Psychic Matters. Use all your voting powers that you can. That would be just absolutely amazing. And let's see if we can become a number one podcast for the work that all of us are doing out there in the world. Thank you so much for doing that for me. I'd be absolutely thrilled. So thank you very much for taking the time to vote. I've got a fantastic episode for you this week. I'm joined by an incredible guest who takes Reiki healing into the operating theatre, into medical facilities and works with patients during medical procedures. The work that my guest is doing out there in the world is absolutely phenomenal. So get yourselves a cup of tea, cup of coffee, glass of water, sit down in your favourite chair walk the dog, go to the gym, do the shopping, whatever it is you do when you listen to this podcast, enjoy. And here comes my wonderful guest this week. I'm so excited to have our next guest in the studio today. She is a Karuna Reiki master teacher and a certified medical Reiki master. Julie Speechens, welcome to Psychic Matters. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. 
It's so fabulous to have you here. And I know you have literally just been over to the UK and you've just got back to America. I think you just told me before this interview that you've been back about a week having come over here for some jolly fun. Maybe you can tell us what you were doing over here later. But I know that medical Reiki is your absolute passion, Julie, and we've not discussed Reiki or healing to any great extent on this podcast yet. So I'm really excited to hear everything you've got to say on the topic. I'm sure everybody listening is as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. uh, Medical Reiki is my absolute passion because I've seen it work. You know, I'm one of those people. I don't want to just hear that it worked for someone else or read about it in the book or read the clinical studies, which are great. And there's lots of them, but I want to feel it to believe it. And so now that it's become my experience, it's amazing. And it's a growing modality. Honestly, it's beginning to come into acceptance, you know, in in the allopathic medical community, of course, it's all about facts and studies as it should be as it needs to be, thank goodness. And they are cluing in, um, because there has been so much evidence now, um, so much analytical data saying that, oh, this actually does help our patients. They actually do relax. They actually do recover more quickly. It actually does stabilize their vital statistics. And so anything certainly that we can do to help someone heal, we should use every tool at our disposal, whether it might sound a little bit out there, you know, or woo woo, but now it's actually gaining acceptance in the medical community, which is huge for me. Yeah. And I love that because Years ago, and not very many years ago, it was considered a very woo-woo thing, a little bit out there, as you've just said, and not taken very seriously. So how did we as a society make this change from that place to now you, as a certified Reiki medical master, going into theatres and working alongside the consultants and the surgeons, etc. How did that happen? How did we get to that place? Well, it's not done yet. <laughs> it's still coming, but it is happening. So um, there's a fascinating woman. Her name is Raven Keys. She's written this incredible book called Medical Reiki. And her story will give me goosebumps as I retell it. But she was actually on the ground after 9-11 for eight months, giving Reiki to all the first responders. Because talk about um, an incredibly traumatized group that needed emotional and energetic and spiritual support, you know, these people on the ground at 9-11. And her story lands her a few years later in the OR with Dr. Oz, you may have heard of him, while he's doing open heart surgery on one of her clients and she's administering Reiki during surgery. And so she started this entire sort of movement. She's absolutely one of the pioneers of it because of her experiences. Um, and she, now she works with Dr. Sheldon Feldman, specifically in the in the breast cancer arena, administering Reiki during uh, mastectomies, you know, before and after surgeries. And, and so she has an entire training program, a certification program. That's how I became certified medical Reiki master was with Raven Keys. And it's it's nothing short of a little bit magical. Honestly, it feels like we're bringing healing back to medicine. That's a beautiful phrase, an absolutely beautiful phrase. So Julie, who are these prestigious hospitals that are hosting Reiki healers like yourself? Yeah, so there are over 800 hospitals and medical facilities in the States that already offer Reiki as part of their integrative medicine program. And and we're not talking small places, we're talking the big ones, the world-renowned ones. So Harvard, Duke, Yale, MD Anderson, Sloan Kettering, the Mayo Clinic, 
Johns Hopkins, you know, they're all tuning into the reality that there's more to healing than just the physical. I just love it. It's wonderful. Thank you. Me too. How then, Julie, is it measured? How do we know that it's getting these results? Who's measuring it and how are they, how are they measuring its, its efficacy? Sure. Excellent question. Um, so you may be catching on to the idea that I'm an avid reader. <laughs> There's a book called um, Reiki in Clinical Practice by Anne Baldwin. And she details all of these incredible case studies, you know, analytical, empirical data proving um, that it improves heart rate variability, that it lowers blood pressure, that um, patients tend to need less pain medicine. You know, Reiki stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So it's literally helping people relax in a physiological, measurable way. Wow, that's amazing. So how did you get into it then, Julie? Because I read on your website that you have got a corporate background. So how did you come to be this wonderful healer? Oh, thank you. For me, it was a blend. I think most people who come to any sort of healing profession usually arrive to it first for themselves. And that was the case for me. So um, as you mentioned, I do have a corporate background. I was an IT project manager. I was um, commuting between Colorado and Manhattan. <laughs> For anyone familiar with the States, that's quite a commute. And it was exhausting. And I had corporate burnout. Uh, at the same time, uh, the universe was, was trying to get my attention. I needed major surgery on both hips. And <laughs> my very best friend of 25 years was in a horrific car accident. And her eight-year-old son was killed. And I didn't know that I was an empath. If any of our listeners are familiar with that term, we tend to absorb other people's energy and it doesn't serve them or us, but certainly this blend of grief and physical pain and corporate burnout uh, sent me searching. And when you take symptoms to a uh, you know, general practitioner, God bless them, you say, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I've developed a thyroid condition, I have eczema, I'm not sleeping at night, I feel disconnected. I feel apathetic. They just want to give you an antidepressant. Not that I'm taking anything away from the miracles of modern pharmaceuticals. Sometimes we need that to get us over a hump or we're dealing with something, you know, uh, physiologically, chemically based, and that can really help. However, for me, it felt like a Band-Aid and I wanted to go in search of a real cure, not just treating the symptoms. And so I went looking and found Reiki, thank goodness. And so I started as a client and then I became a student and never thought I'd treat anyone. Certainly never thought I'd have my own studio or be working in a hospital. <laughs> so jokes on me, universe had other plans. And I'm so thrilled because I've entirely shifted my life. And as you mentioned, now I'm the program director for Life Spark Cancer Resources. I'm working in the, the chemotherapy infusion centers, giving Reiki to people as they're receiving their chemotherapy infusions. Um, I'm in the, oh, I won't say I've been in the OR uh, because of COVID, of course. So I've been in uh, administering Reiki pre-op and then sending distantly, which we can talk about from the waiting room and then in post-op, okay, at the hospitals. I allow that. It is growing, that acceptance. So Honestly, Reiki's brought life back to my life. And you say you found you found Reiki, or did Reiki find you? That's an interesting one, isn't <laughs> right? it? Right. Yeah, it tends to call the people. I certainly believe, like my students now, I, I believe uh, they're guided 
to their teachers. They're called to Reiki. They're called, you know, to me, hopefully. <laughs> so Yeah, because I was going to yeah. say why, obviously, you're looking for a cure. You're looking for something to help you with those, you know, that all of that that you've just yes. described. So I was just wondering why you settled on Reiki as a modality rather than any other healing modality. Sure. So for me, um, like I mentioned, I could feel it. Um, when I was receiving Reiki, I could feel the tingling. I could feel the floatiness, the heaviness, the uh, heat, the cold, the incredible sense of peace and calm and connection, which was huge for me. It was something I'd always been searching for. Um, you know, and we search for it in, in religious frameworks. And, and for me, that just hadn't, that hadn't quite fit. I hadn't found a, you know, a church home that felt um, open and accepting and real and authentic you know, and, and the more I learned about Reiki, um, you know, all of our aches and pains and, and diseases have energetic and emotional roots. Um, and so the more I learned about that, that was something that made sense to me. It was something I could integrate and use in my life and my healing. And, and now, you know, obviously helping others tune into their own awareness of their energetic and emotional um, well-being. Because there's so much more to, to, to health and healing than just physical. That's a part of it. It's vital. Thank goodness. I'm not taking anything away from the miracles of modern medicine. But, you know, holistic healing in the States, we tend to think of that as just being complementary or alternative. But it's not. It's a blend. It's, it's an and symbol. However you want to think about it, it's not either or. It's physical. It's mental. It's spiritual. It's, it's energetic. Because first and foremost, we are energetic beings. And so if we just keep slapping band-aids, you know, on the symptoms, we're never really reaching into and addressing and releasing and healing those energetic and emotional roots. We all have trauma. There's no way of avoiding it. And so for me, Reiki was the tool to do that. And so when you felt better, so you had this Reiki and it had this amazing effect on you. Why didn't you go back to your corporate job then thinking, okay, I'm, I'm better now. I'll go back to the corporate world. Um, because it had opened my eyes to the chronic unhealthy position I was putting myself in. And I suddenly felt like I had found my calling, my purpose, my reason for being here. Personally, I think I've always wanted to be a healer in some way my, my uh, university degree was environmental science. I wanted to heal the world one tree at a time, one recycled bottle at a time. But now having gone through, and I believe all of our experiences serve us and lead us you know, on our healing paths, having gone through what I'd been through, there was no denying that there was a higher calling for me. And I'm so blessed and grateful for every client and every student and every opportunity I'm given to share what I've learned in a, in a um, way that I hope doesn't feel like I'm trying to convince or convert anybody. It's, you know, it may not be for you. It may not be part of your journey, but oh man, I, I, sh I sure hope you'll, you, you would, anyone would give it a shot. Yeah. I have to say when I, when I came across Reiki, no, I'm certainly not qualified like you are in it. I've done Reiki one and Reiki Lovely. two, mm -hmm. 
But when I, how I first came upon it was through a friend of mine. We were both actors at the time. He's now a Reiki master and a shaman and a druid. He's been on this podcast before, actually, Thomas Marty. And he offered me a Reiki healing when I had my son. My son was about two at the time, two and a half, and he was running around. I remember going over to Thomas's flat. And my son, Jacob, was running rings around the chair. You know, he's only two and a half full of little boy testosterone. And I was just thinking, oh, for God's sake, how am I going to get any good out of this session? <laughs> and it was the most profound experience I could ever talk. I can't, almost can't talk about it because it would make me cry. It was just amazing. And I was blown away by the fact that it had such an effect continuing on yes. not just during that session yes. but it was the day afterwards I went home I think I must have slept for three days <laughs> I was absolutely so tired yeah and then it had this most beautiful all I can describe it as is balancing feeling for me and that's how I became absolutely fascinated by it lovely well and good point I like to say Reiki plants these little positive seeds you know, yes, you have this wonderful session where you're relaxed and you're sort of out of body and you just feel at peace and you feel connected and that's great. But, you know, we got to go back to our real lives, right? Um, and it's interesting because it suddenly helps empower positive, healthy choices. So I will say um, once I started learning Reiki uh, and needed some Reiki guinea pigs in my life, my friends and family, right? Um, I started giving Reiki to my husband. And it's one of those, you know, he was very left brain, you know, he, he's the reason I was in IT project management, because I mean, he's an IT uh, whiz. And, you know, he was skeptical to say the least. But here we are, several years later, he's quit drinking, he's lost 40 pounds, he's become a vegan, and now he's an ultramarathoner. Now, I won't say it was all the Reiki, right? Of course, he had to lace up the shoes and go do the work. But it's things like that, you know, sometimes people leave like, oh, I'm not sure that helped me at all. But then they look back and they've quit smoking. Sometimes it's a little bit unquantifiable in the moment, but it just helps us at all levels. It goes where we need it to go physically, mentally, energetically, spiritually, consciously, subconsciously. Raven Keys has a wonderful term for it. She says it invites us to be mystery grateful. Oh, I love that. Don't you love that? Because at some point we can analyze it to death. We can measure it. We can, you know, think about it and we should do all those things, but it's certainly not religious, but for me, it is spiritual. I mean, it's chi, it's prana, it's universal life force energy. It is a little bit magical. Yeah, it is magical. And I was so blown away by the fact that Something you imagine that if you go for a healing session, which is what I imagined, my son might sleep or play quietly with his truck in the corner while I had a lovely time. But that's not what happened at all. It was actually quite stressful. <laughs> um, however, it had such a profound effect. It's, it, it, it's lasted in my mind and in my body f ever since, really. So I, I do find it absolutely fascinating. But Julie... Talk to us then about the different types of Reiki, because we hear all these different terms for Reiki. You're a Karuna Reiki. Usui, yeah, Holy Fire Three, Reiki Ryoho, right? <laughs> They're all these words, right? I mean, sometimes I think the humans have to step in and just botch things up. <laughs> we can't just let it be. But there are lots of different kinds and lineages and traditions and styles and frameworks of Reiki. At the heart of it, it's all energy. 
in the in in the my training, which was Usui, which is for, for the founder, you could say the the, um, the Buddhist monk who rediscovered it a hundred years ago in in Japan. And um, there there are lots of other um, certainly kinds. So and they all have they all have their own benefits. They all have similar sensations. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about finding someone who was you know. Usui Reiki Ryoho trained or, you know, some other type of Reiki trained. They're all energy. They're all beautiful. They all have merit. Um, some of them focus on a much more strict process for the practitioner, you know, a, a specific uh, sequence or series of hand positions. Whereas in Usui, it's, there are certain, there's a framework there for suggested hand positions and things like that, but you're also taught to trust your intuition. So, you know, personally for me, that's, that's my preference, but, and, and even in the training, they say, take from all different teachers, take all different styles and and lineages of, of Reiki. There's no sense of competition. Thankfully, you know, part of becoming a Reiki master is healing your own wounded ego, your own sense of competitiveness. And there's just no room for that in healing. So what's the process, Julie? You've talked about it being this beautiful healing modality and it's energy based. Maybe you could talk to us and let everybody know how it works or or what the process is. Sure. So if someone were to come in for a session, I would explain that it's, it's a Japanese energy healing modality. It works in your aura and your chakras. You know, turns out those are real. <laughs> and basically, I think of it as pouring hot water over ice cubes, energetically speaking. And let me explain that. So all of our emotions, first and foremost, are neurochemical reactions. And they literally vibrate at different frequencies. And so these lower frequency emotions that we all have, trauma, hate, shame, rage, guilt, jealousy, grief, right? All this horrible feeling stuff literally vibrates at a lower frequency within us. Whereas the higher frequency emotions, joy, love, generosity, empathy, right? They tend to slide right out of our awareness like Teflon. It's why we need constant reinforcement, okay? So we've got these lower frequency emotions like Velcro. I think of it like energetic hair in the drain, okay? clogging us up, preventing all of our systems from functioning optimally. And when we receive Reiki, it's higher frequency than anything we can generate within ourselves. So it's like pouring hot water over those those energetic ice cubes, okay? We're flushing out those knots, those wounds, those tangles. And it's like plugging into um, a power outlet a little bit. You know, we're filling back up with this higher frequency energy. And of course, what that feels like can be a whole spectrum of sensations, it can be that tingling. It can be that floaty or a really heavy feeling. If anyone's ever done hypnotherapy or done a really lovely yoga session at the end in that deep shavasana state where you're just not even sure what planet you're on, you know, a lot of people will feel a heat or a cold or they'll fall asleep. I always tell them extra points if you snore because part of the magic of these modalities is we're literally helping your brain shift out of that busy beta brainwave, okay, out of that fight or flight response that most of us perpetually live in, that's dumping cortisol into our systems and causing all sorts of health-related problems. And we're shifting down into an alpha or a theta brainwave. And when we do that, our parasympathetic nervous system can kick on and all the magic happens, okay? So it's this wonderful one-two combination of enhancing, encouraging, empowering your body's natural healing abilities and receiving this higher frequency energy. 
It's not religious. You don't have to believe in it to receive it. It doesn't conflict with any belief frameworks. It's just energy. You know, it's, it's not, it's not philosophy, it's science. And so when you receive it, Julie, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. For me, it's heaven sent. Whatever the framework for people may be for that. I believe I work with a whole team of angels and guides, helpers, healers, inspirers, teachers, and I feel their presence around me now every time I conduct a session or teach a class or you know work in the hospital. And I, I, I hope that's approachable for people, but it just feels like it's within us all and we're also channeling it. So just like a, a water pipe in, in the walls of your home, we're filled up with it first and you can turn the faucet on and off and it doesn't empty the, the pipe in the wall. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thank you. It's good. You've got some great descriptions. It's lovely. I love listening to you. When I learned Reiki, I was given two symbols. Uh, actually, I was given three symbols. So yes. there are three symbols that I know that I work with. And... Um, you get more, don't you, when you're a master? And yes. I'm sure you've got loads because you've got lo- loads of qualifications in Reiki. But what are the purpose of the symbols that are given? And also, I was told never show them to anybody, never write them down, don't share them anywhere. And I know now I can get books and I can see those symbols written in the books where you can go on the internet and you can see the symbols. So maybe you could talk to us about the symbols, why they're sacred and all of that stuff. Sure. It's a good question. So the symbols, when uh, Mikeo Usui, the, the Buddhist uh, monk that I mentioned a minute ago, when he rediscovered Reiki 100 years ago, he was gifted them. He had been meditating for 21 days on Mount Karama, and he wasn't you know, setting out to, to create a healing modality or anything, but he received a, a spiritual download. And the first three symbols that you would have received in your Reiki 2 were those three symbols. He was told they were the keys to unlocking the healing powers of the universe. Pretty epic, right? Um, and that the technology within them was then implanted in anyone who, who took the, the classes and, and uh, did the attunements. So, and I'll, I'll digress here for a moment about attunements. It's not mysterious. <laughs> it's, it's basically a, from the outside, it would look just like a guided meditation. Okay. Um, but what's actually happening, it's sort of like an, an energy infrastructure upgrade. So just like if you were expanding the water pipes into your house or expanding the, the bandwidth, you know, to get faster internet at your house, we're literally increasing each practitioner's ability to channel energy. So we all have that ability, but we're literally expanding the Hara line is what we call it. So think of it like, you know, the water main into your house, but energetically into your body. It goes down your spine through all of your chakras. And then the symbols, they help to focus the intention of the healing energy. So different symbols have different purposes. You know, there are ones for physical healing. There's ones for mental and emotional healing. There's ones for distant healing. And we can certainly talk about that because Reiki does work from a distance. And the idea is they aren't secret. Like you said, they're all over the internet, but they are sacred. So as practitioners and masters, we're taught it's just a sign of respect to treat them with discretion. Because if you haven't had the teaching, you haven't had these attunements, 
from a Reiki master, then you haven't had that upgrade to your infrastructure, energetically speaking. Thanks for explaining that. That's really, really lovely to know. So tell us then about distant healing. How does distant healing work? Oh, it's fascinating. (laughs) So I I have a fun story about distant healing. In college, I had this wonderful professor, smartest man I ever knew. And, you know, this was a ways back. This is in the late 90s. And he had had a, a degree in physics from Harvard. He had a degree in literature from the University of Virginia. He wrote all the books for our courses. You're getting the idea. We built a solar power car together, okay? Fast forward 20 years or so. And part of the benefit of Reiki for me was that it opened up my intuition. And suddenly I found myself aware of my my clairs. You know, I, I became a psychic medium. And so I was fascinated. I was in every class I could be in, every workshop, every practice. And one time I was receiving a reading and a woman starts describing my professor from college. And of course we'd sort of lost touch and I could not confirm that he had transitioned, that he had crossed over. And so as she's talking and bringing through fact after fact and detail, I'm Googling it, you know, and it turns out sure enough, he had crossed over two months earlier. And she says to me, and he's saying, you know, you've stepped into a healing role and that you're struggling with the idea of distant healing. And he says he's working with brilliant minds on the other side, probably Einstein, because that was his caliber. And he says, the quantum mechanics checks out, just trust it. And I don't know how you get a medium to say quantum mechanics. Frankly, I'm still in awe. Wow. So I feel like I have it. What is that? Firsthand, secondhand knowledge straight from a dear friend of mine in spirit who was brilliant, who has confirmed that yes, the science checks out, just trust it. It really does work. That is amazing. It is. Well, and with LifeSpark Cancer Resources, so for the past several years, of course, because of COVID and, and you know, working with an, an immunocompromised population, all of our healing sessions have been distant. So for me, that's one of those silver linings of COVID that it opened up to so many people, not only this idea of energy healing, which is pretty new to a lot of people, but this idea that it does work from a distance and people have all the same healing benefits. They have all the same physical sensations, just as if they were in my studio on the table in front of me. And I will say, actually, sometimes the healing is even more powerful at a distance because we're taking out of it some of the human distractions, right? Did I brush my teeth? Is the room the right temperature? Are they comfortable? Do you know what I mean? All of that's removed. So it just becomes a pure energy connection. And so sometimes I'll get clearer medical intuition, you know, about their aches and pains, areas where the energy might need to focus. So even though it is, uh, the energy is always going to go where it's needed. It's nice. And certainly it's a lovely confirmation for them when I can say, Ooh, do you have scar tissue in your left knee? Does it cause numbness in your foot? (laughs) And they can say, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I do. How'd you know? You know, that sort of thing. So it just, it, it builds confidence, I think, as much as anything. Incredible. And so when you go into operating theatres, mm-hmm. uh, just as an example, what? how does your Reiki work? Are you right there next to the surgeon? Are you towards the back of the wall? And therefore, are you sending distant healing that short distance? Or how does that process work? So that entirely depends upon the, the head surgeon. They, you know, they're in charge. Whether or not they let you in that room with them at all, whether or not they let you right up to the table. I have a lovely story where a woman had come to me for a Reiki session. I'd never met her before. And um, when I got over her gallbladder area, I sensed resentment. 
And it's just one of those, I can't quite put my finger on it. It's just the sense I had. And um, we got all through the session, we're comparing notes. And I said, you know, would you understand this sense of resentment? And, uh, you know, specifically around your gallbladder. And she said, oh, I know exactly what that's about. Um, That's, you know, towards my ex-husband. And I've just been told I need gallbladder surgery. Lovely follow-up, and we rarely get this. She then hired me to administer Reiki to her during her gallbladder removal surgery. And she and I had this lovely opportunity to talk about how we store these emotions physically. And the gallbladders tend to hold resentment. Our liver tends to hold rage. Our kidneys tend to hold fear. Our heart tends to hold grief. You know, some of this is pretty intuitive. There's a lovely book called Your Body Speaks Your Mind by Deb Shapiro, where she illustrates some of these things. But I was able to be with her pre-op, obviously helping her be calm helping her feel safe and connected and protected, you know, providing her energetic support to, you know, promote all of these wonderful things that our our parasympathetic nervous system does for us. Because it was during COVID, I had to administer at a distance during the actual surgery from the waiting room. But I'll tell you, I know the minute that they uh, uh, started the incision because I felt it right over where my gallbladder is. I still have mine, (laughs) but I felt them start. And so as I'm, you know, doing my process, my techniques, I'm texting her. So she has this stream to look back over once the surgery is complete. And I'm just texting her. They just started. You're doing great. All these things. And I knew the moment they closed up. And sure enough, the surgeon walked in about 20 minutes later. And then I was able to be with her post-op. So I won't say it doesn't matter whether you're right there, because certainly our human selves love to have that support, right? They want you sometimes right there because is there, are we ever in a more vulnerable position, medically speaking, than we're under anesthesia? We're in an operating room. It's an alien environment. And it's just wonderfully reassuring to have someone there with you holding space for you energetically. The surgeons are brilliant. Their staffs are brilliant and, and, and they're brilliant at the physical stuff, but there's so much more to healing than just the physical. So I love the idea of being able to support someone energetically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, when they're in that vulnerable space. Yeah. I mean, it's so vital. It's absolutely brilliant. It must also have an, a knock-on effect on the surgeon, on the staff, on the nursing, the doctors. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And has there been a time in our recent history when our medical staff needed some support more than right now? You know, actually, and that's a good point. Uh, with LifeSpark, we are training the oncology nurses uh, at a facility up in Denver for their own self-care. They're learning Reiki. Because you can do Reiki on yourself. Like you said, it's this wonderful self-care tool to help you feel calm and centered and grounded and supported and connected, you know. So absolutely having uh, a Reiki master, certified medical Reiki master in an OR or in an infusion suite or in a a dental facility is, is wonderful for the whole staff and also for the family. So, you know, frequently our loved ones are, you know, they're nervous, they're anxious. And so having someone there to help calm them is an incredible gift too. And if you are working in an operating theatre, I don't know why I keep talking about it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm just, I just think it's so amazing. It's fascinating, right? It's so exciting. exciting, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you're working, are you aware then that you have your guides that come around or are you aware of perhaps 
loved ones belonging to the person that you're treating being with you. Interesting. I would think that's certainly possible. Anything's possible, let's be honest. <laughs> Anything's possible. And I do believe our loved ones in spirit are around us, lending us their encouragement and their support and their love. And especially in those times when we need that, I think so. Sometimes during a Reiki session, whether it's in a medical setting or, or in my studio or at a distance, I will have an inkling of an awareness of a grandmother or a dog or, you know, just somebody coming close with a loving message. And you know, some people want to hear about that and some people don't. So I'm always careful to ask at the start, you know, if I sense any of your team, you know, whether they're guides, angels, loved ones, or, you know, are, do you want to know? And, and I think that's important to give people that uh, option because some people are fascinated. Yes, please tell me. And some people are thinking, oh, that's a bit much for me, you know, keep it to yourself. And so then I can just sort of, sh you know, shut that down and just focus on the energy which is also nice. And when the patient comes around from the anesthesia, do they remember mm -hmm. anything about the healing they received or anything about that? What I've heard most frequently is they just felt calm. They felt safe. They felt more at peace. They knew they, they weren't alone. You know, there was a sense of support that, you know, of course, relieved their anxiety about the whole situation. So, uh, I'm sure there are lovely stories out there. You know how there are people who saw the medical staff and that sort of thing. I just haven't had that experience personally yeah. yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And then have you got any wonderful stories you can share with us about really good examples of where healing has really made a big difference to somebody? <laughs> yes. And thank you for asking. So um, several years ago, before I ever had any Reiki training, my older son needed his wisdom teeth removed. And he had all four out uh, and he swelled up like a watermelon. They got infected. He had four dry sockets. You know, he needed special medicine. We were back and forth to the doctor. It was traumatic for him and for all of us. I mean, just, you wouldn't believe the pictures. Fast forward four years later, now I've, you know, done all my Reiki training. I'm a, a Reiki master. My younger son needs all four wisdom teeth out with the same doctor in the same building with the same anesthesiologist. I mean, everything was the same, same genetics, 100%, okay? But I was able to be in the surgical suite with him, administering Reiki throughout the surgery. And I, the difference could not be more stark. There could not have been a greater contrast. So my younger son did not have any significant swelling. He had no infection. He had no dry sockets. He took no pain medicine other than a few Tylenol. He was rock climbing a few days later and eating almonds within the week. The only difference in my mind, the only significant difference was Reiki. That's amazing. How often do we get that sort of experience in our lives where we literally have that control, that experiment, you know, yeah. where we can see that so clearly? It was unbelievable. Can you then send Reiki back into the past or Reiki into the future? Oh, fun. Yeah, absolutely. So in that first class, the Reiki 2 class, when you get the three symbols, as we mentioned, one of them is for distant healing. And so think of it however you want to, collapsing time and space, opening a portal. I don't know, it melts my brain a little bit. But yes, you can send Reiki healing back into your own past if there were traumatic moments. You know, obviously we can't change the sequence of events, but we can soften the edges and start that healing, plant those seeds around ourselves in that moment, if that makes sense. And 
say we have something important coming up, you know, whether it's a, an interview or a class or a trip, you know, we can send Reiki ahead into the future to be waiting for us when we get there. I just love the thought of that. If you've got an exam to do that, you can just send it mm-hmm. forward and it's there when you walk into that exam hall or something. Right. And I've absolutely experienced that for myself. So, you know, one of the saddest things you have to do as an adult, right, is our beloved uh, Labrador, our dog, Cody, he was 13 and he'd been sick with cancer for years and, you know, it was time. And and he and I had, you know, a- agreed it was, it was time. So I knew going to the vet's office was going to be horrendously heart-wrenching. And so I called on my Reiki, I called on some of my healer friends and just said, will you all please send Reiki to me, you know, ahead for tomorrow, you know, or if you think of it at that time in that moment and support me energetically through this. And when I stepped into that veterinarian's office, it was like someone put a warm blanket over me. And I won't say it took away my grief, but it allowed me to go through that process of saying goodbye with a little bit of grace and a little bit of acceptance, because I knew not only was he going to be just fine, and he actually came through in a reading the next day with very specific specific information. It was brilliant. But in that moment, I could feel the, the love and the energy around me supporting me. Oh, that's such a great story. Such a great story. And it's it's really making me think, because I've got to go and sit an exam at the weekend. So I think I'd have to send myself some Reiki to that exam room. <laughs> Do <laughs> so it. it's Do waiting it. for me. I'd completely forgotten about that. Julie, just before we finish, you mentioned in all of the things that we've talked about, and believe you me, I could talk to you for hours, but I want to be respectful of your time. You mentioned studying to be a psychic medium. Now, how did that come about? Just go back a little bit and tell us how that came into your life. Sure. So for me, you know, 20 years ago when my grandfather passed, I became fascinated. I watched all the John Edward Crossing Over shows. I read all his books, the Sylvia Brown books, the James Von Prague, the Tony Stockwell. I read all the books. I was fascinated, but I didn't think I had it. Whatever it was that allowed some magical people to connect, I just didn't think I had it. I can't do calculus. I'm not a psychic medium. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't born with it. I didn't grow up seeing ghosts, you know? But I will say, for me, Reiki was the key to unlocking my intuitive abilities and awareness. So after the Reiki masterclass, and the way it works is you do the one, two, then you wait six months, you do the master, you wait six months, you do Karuna, okay, in the in the Asui teachings, that's the progression. So midway through that, after my masterclass, I was doing a Reiki session on a friend because I had suddenly started walking around all day with my hands and feet tingling and realized that it wasn't just about me, it wasn't just for me. And so I am uh, midway through the session, and suddenly I just become aware of her mother who I know was in spirit. I didn't know her when she was in life and I didn't know much about her. I became aware of her and I just knew it was her. And she washed me with this incredible sense of motherly, unconditional, nurturing love. And I mean, the kind of love like when you've been pregnant forever and you've been in labor forever and they finally hand you that beautiful baby and your heart explodes out of your chest. That's the feeling she gave me. And I'm just standing there at her feet, just tears streaming down my face. And I'm thinking, oh man, if she opens her face, she's going to think I've lost it. <laughs> I look like a loon. But suddenly I knew that her mother's name started with a P and had two syllables. I knew she loved houseplants and I knew she'd given my friend a necklace on her uh, 16th birthday. 
and I'm arguing with myself, you know, like our human does, like, do I, do I mention it? She's going to think I'm crazy. What if I'm wrong? What if I hurt her feelings and just scratch this old wound of her mother has crossed, you know, but it was that feeling again, I'm all about the feelings, that feeling of love she gave me. And I thought I have to say something. So we get all through the session and we're, you know, comparing experiences. And I say, I know this sounds crazy, but <laughs> did your mother's name start with a P? Did it have two syllables? Did she love houseplants? And did she give you a necklace on your 16th birthday? And my friend just started weeping because her mother's name was Pauline. And she had a room in her home dedicated to houseplants. And my friend was wearing the necklace her mother had given her. Oh. What greater healing can there possibly be than knowing that our loved ones who we think are lost to us are not lost to us. They're right here with us. They're just yeah. out of the physical body. And they're yeah. so excited to communicate with us if we're open to it. It's beautiful. It's magical. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's just such a blessing. And, and I think anyone can learn to do it if they're interested, if they feel called to it. For me, the key was Reiki. Now, was it because I had my energy infrastructure upgraded? Was it because it was the first time, time in my life I sat still and got quiet long enough to listen? But the whole thing has taught me such confidence and courage and trust because every time we do this work, we are sort of vulnerable. We are exposing ourselves. You know, people have sometimes really limited views of, of you know, what's real, what's not. So for me, it's, it's absolutely been a life changer. It's fascinating, just fascinating. And for those listening at home, I know that in order to uh, give Reiki, we need to be attuned and we have to go through a certain process to train, et cetera, et cetera. But for those listening at home, maybe you could, uh, is there anything that they could try out for themselves that they could try a little bit of energy healing, not necessarily Reiki Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the laying on of hands is not a new <laughs> concept. It's ancient. We all have this energy within us. We all have this instinct. You know, when your stomach hurts, you put your hand on your stomach. When your head hurts, you put your hands on your head. When a baby is learning to walk and they fall down, you instinctively pick them up and kiss them and, and try to absorb the hurt off of them. You know, we all do that naturally. In learning energy healing, whatever the system is, Reiki or anything else, you're just sort of fine-tuning that awareness. So for instance, if, if any of your listeners want to bring their hands up together, palms open, fingers spread, and bring their hands just a few inches apart. And just for a moment, you know, take a deep breath, tune into yourself, and send your energy to your hands. Just breathe into your hands and see if you can start to become aware as you move them slowly, a little bit closer together, a little bit further apart. If you become aware of any sense of almost like magnets sort of pushing each other apart a little bit, or it might feel a little bit sticky, like you're pulling taffy or something, you know, between your hands, it's just, it's subtle. And, and it's, it's just fine tuning that awareness, that energy that we all have, because we're all made of it. You know, we say Reiki is love, but we are love. We are energy. So it's just giving us the tools when we take these classes, we do these attunements, it's giving us the tools and the understanding to tap into what is our divine birthright, frankly. 
That's a gorgeous exercise. Thank you, Julie. That's so lovely of you to share that with everybody. Uh, And so if somebody wanted to come, they're listening to this episode and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I've always wanted to learn Reiki with the right person. And the right person sounds like Julie Speechens (laughs) for me. How do they, you know, what are you offering people uh, on your website? Thank you for asking. So my website and my business name, it's soaringheartenergies.com. So Soaring Heart Energies, that's plural, E-N-E-R-G-I-E-S. And I offer classes year-round, in person, typically here in Colorado, sometimes in fantastic places. But obviously the classes, just like the healing, work online. They work at a distance. The attunements work at a distance. Um, I offer the the Reiki 1-2, the Intermediate Master, as well as the Advanced Karuna classes throughout the year. And... um, I've also got some, you know, fun things. So, um, for instance, I, I host a, an event uh, called Soul Journey Sundays, and we do it monthly. And it's this wonderful collective of incredible intuitive artists, psychics, shamans, spirit artists. We're talking, you know, um, spirit art, oracle cards, tarot, all of these wonderful, beautiful tools and modalities. And it's all online. It's called Soul Journey Sundays, and you get uh, two personal readings from two different intuitive artists. So it's, so it's sort of a spiritual smorgasbord. We um, in, internally, we call it a psych de soleil. <laughs> it's That's just a wonderful. Great. That's so great. <laughs> it's, it's like a, a, a panoply of, of beautiful uh, gifts. So that's fun. That's coming up on July 17th. And, and there's a link on my website if anybody wants to come to that. And then, of course, if you, ha- if you or, or someone you love is going through a cancer journey, you don't have to be in Colorado in the States to uh, receive he- free healing sessions through LifeSpark. So you can just go to the LifeSpark website. That's lifesparknow.org. And you can sign up to receive sessions. Or if you are a Reiki master and you're interested in volunteering as a provider, um, we have a wonderful network of over 100 certified providers, mostly here in Colorado, but they're, they're all over now. That's another gift of COVID. Um, and certainly we all know it works from a distance. So from anywhere, if you want to get involved in LifeSpark, just go to that website, lifesparknow.org. Oh, thanks, Julie. That's really brilliant. And um, your Soul Journey Sunday sounds absolutely fabulous. And as you were talking there, I was thinking, gosh, you know, people that are listening to this episode, we listen to things and we think, oh, I'll do that one day. But maybe people... Um, Here's my advice for myself, really, and take it if you want to, people that are listening. Uh, go to Julie's website, soaringheartenergies.com, and sign up. Do you have a sign-up sheet there where people can sign up for a newsletter or something that you're doing that tells them things? The website is the best resource. Obviously, they can also follow me on social. I'm on Facebook and Insta, both. And I, I do occasionally send out a newsletter to anyone who has come for a session or, or been a student. Obviously, I don't like to, to spam people and overwhelm their mm. inboxes. But certainly, my website is the best tool I've got, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Soaring Heart Energies. Yeah, good, great. And or sign up um, because then you can let people know when you've got something special on, can't you? Yes. Yeah. It's just been so wonderful talking to you, Julie. Uh, What's next for you uh, over the next six months? Oh, interesting. You know, I I try to leave it open to the universe, wherever they want me to be. Um, Certainly, I hope 
uh, more opportunities to be in the hospital, in the OR as the COVID restrictions are, are lessening. Uh, I am also helping host uh, a few wellness retreats where people can come and, and try Reiki and yoga and Qigong and massage and breath work and you know all these other beautiful modalities that also help us create a sense of authentic well-being. So retreats, travel, I'd love to come back to Arthur Finley, certainly someday that was magical and amazing. And, you know, wherever the universe takes me, I'm game. I'm here for it. This, this ride has been incredible so far. Julie Speechens, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, that was certified medical Reiki master, Julie Speechens. Isn't she just incredible? Do please go to her website, soaringheartenergies.com and take a look at all that Julie has to offer. She is an amazing tutor and she has this incredible knowledge. And I'm sure that you can tell from this episode, she has such a gentle, kind and nurturing personality and we could all learn so much from her. If you want to pick up the show notes for this episode, along with some useful URL links and references mentioned in this episode, along with a full transcript, please do visit my website, anteato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com. Go to the podcast tab and click on the podcast page. And if you haven't already done so, please don't forget to vote for Psychic Matters in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, www.podcastawards.com. Vote in three categories, Religion and Spirituality, Best Female Hosted Podcast and the Adam Curry People's Choice Award. Oh, and just to let you know, I had a wonderful weekend at the Barbanel Centre doing my CSNUT teacher training and my mock exam went very well indeed and I'm so thrilled that I had an opportunity to do that. I met some absolutely wonderful students and I loved teaching there. It's such a beautiful centre for spiritual development. Have a fabulous couple of weeks everyone. I hope you can take away some new learning from this episode and that it might encourage you to look into Reiki as a healing modality just as the medical profession are doing in hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of world-renowned hospitals and medical facilities across the globe. As Julie Speechin says, it's not philosophy, it's science. My name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. 